Welcome to this week's episode of the Back in Shape podcast. This week, we're going to be exploring the question, is running good if you have a lower back injury? And I would definitely recommend checking out the associated article on this one. We've got a a good number of steps in there, some practical steps that are really going to help you if you are someone who does have a lower back injury. And I'm kind of giving it away a little bit, but hopefully this one will give you some really practical tips off the back end to ultimately utilize running like any of the tools really in a way that is safe because ultimately how we use these tools is invariably much more of the concern rather than what specifically we are doing. So when it comes to running, we have to first and foremost take a little step back and look at the the surroundings, if we will, and recognize that most of us unfortunately are not as fit as we should be we're not as strong as we should be we're doing many things on a daily basis that are not good for our lower backs and we're really building a foundation of instability and weakness into our lower backs and into our posture not something that is strong and this podcast is really for those of you that aren't you know regular runners if you're a regular runner you're already doing 20k 30k a week you know you're doing multiple runs every single week then yes there are going to be some little bits that are going to be really really helpful for you maybe taking it to the next level and preventing any uh, any any certain issues kind of creeping in but you're unlikely to be the person where you start running or you step step things up a little bit and you get back pain as a result this this one is really much more for those that have injured their lower back or even injured their lower back starting running primarily because we fall into this category of I'm, I'm, I'm not necessarily in the best shape uh, and I want to do something about that. So I take up running as that first port of call. And that's where accidents happen. Now, if we think about how we use our body on a daily basis, it is not building strength and stability. Too many of us spend significant amounts of our time sat down, sat down for extended periods. And this invariably leads to an adaptation, a loss of the lumbar lordosis in many of us. And what that essentially means is the curve that should be there in the bottom part of our lower back it starts to be eliminated. It becomes straighter. And that means it loses its ability to weight distribute as it is designed to do so and starts to shift weight a little bit more onto those discs. And this is one of the reasons we often see uh, major in- instances or most of the instances of disc injuries tend to be in that L45 and L5S1 region. We have a proclivity to strain that area. Why? Because when we're sitting, we tend to do a bit of a posterior pelvic tuck subconsciously in many cases and that impacts those discs or it compresses those discs and puts more load through them directly and then we tend to sit there for a long period of time so all of the ligamentous structures on the back part of those particular segments remember we've got the vertebra bodies on the front with the discs in between them but we've got a bunch of ligaments on the back part which support that natural and normal lordosis that natural normal curve and those ligaments start to stretch out and we we tend to essentially lose the fundamental integrity of our lower back or the strength in our lower back the um, the resting tension and imbalance of ligaments in that lower back that maintain that lordosis and when we think about that then we think if we get start to get minor strains etc to those discs in that particular region and many people if they look back honestly go you know what my back wasn't perfect I get aches from time to time but I don't really do anything about it because it's not significant enough for me to really warrant doing anything further than you know it kind of goes away in a couple of days and and I'm good to carry on and unfortunately that means good to carry on all those things that are deconditioning the lower back now how does this fit into running well We have to acknowledge that there's that background of not looking after our lower back and really the body in general. We're not moving correctly. We're not spending a little bit of time actually moving our body in the right sort of way. And we're we're rushed down and bogged down with the normal stresses and strains of daily life. So we just don't make time for those sorts of things because we're preoccupied with other things unless of course a crisis beckons and and forces us to pay attention perhaps to the lower back. But then we do have a little kick. We say, I'm going to go get into running. And we don't 
quite realize what running involves. And often we choose distances that are too long and with too poor a form. And therefore we end up kind of just plodding along, not realizing that that 20 minutes, that 30 minutes of running at a very, very slow pace is actually thousands of impacts on those discs at the bottom part of our lumbar spine. Those discs that are already compromised from the myriad of other things that we've already discussed and therefore not capable of dealing with that. And then you go forwards a couple of days, a couple of weeks, and all of a sudden it becomes a little bit too much and that back flares up. Well, there are more sensible ways of going about this process. And, and that's what we're really gonna to explore today to help you because fundamentally, any stimulus really can either elicit positive adaptation, positive change. So we utilize this when we're maybe doing running for our cardiovascular system. If we're running at the right intensity, we're going to strain and stress our system and that's going to uh, create the stimulus for a change. Or if we're doing our resistance training, we're going to strain and stress muscles, joints, tissues, ligaments, etc., And that is going to excite a change, provided it is at significant magnitude to challenge those tissues, i.e. not just kind of ambling around but it can't be too much that we cause significant tissue damage repetitively over a number of sessions and that creates more damage than our body can handle and then we form into sort of an injury or a pathology um, pathway and then we become sort of dysfunctional we don't heal optimally from those sessions and we don't adapt in a positive manner but any of these stimulus can be used to strengthen our tissues the big problem is that we we make that first fundamentally flawed assumption that we are actually in an appropriate condition to be starting running in that sort of manner and running for 10 minutes. Just because you can doesn't mean you're going to do it effectively. And with something like running, because you know we think, oh, well, I should be able to run, you know, and I'm just gonna go slow and I'm just gonna plod along uh, because it's better to do something than nothing. But actually, if we take a step back, we could maybe go about this in a more sensible approach because it is those impacts, it's those cumulative impacts. And if you start to look at people that actually have lower back problems and they're trying to recover, some of them, not all of them, but some of them will report that actually it's more of a cumulative load that tips their back over the edge on a daily basis and leads to a flare-up rather than any one particular thing. And when we think about the cumulative impacts that are happening when we are doing that running, especially if we're not running with guidance and we're running relatively slowly and we're plodding and there's a lot of up and down movements, focused straight through that lower level of the lumbar spine because those discs are going to be the primary load bearing and force transfer structures in our lumbar spine especially if we've got that reduction of the lumbar lordosis we're going to really find that running is not a good thing at all for our lower back so we've, we've moved that out of the way and we've addressed the fact that running can be bad for your lower back well how can we go about it in a more sensible manner a manner that is going to help you fundamentally build strength and incorporate a very valid probably the most accessible activity that we can do for our health and well-being because let's face it all you need is a pair of trainers and you can go off running it's a very very low barrier to entry and in a time when many of us are very un unfit and we're not in good health if we if we took an objective measure of our musculoskeletal health anyway and fitness and cardiovascular fitness it's such an easy way to get started but if we do it in a sensible way we can have a lot more success so and, and just bear in mind that if you're listening to this online or you're watching it on YouTube, then do definitely check out the website because there's some written instructions that'll be a little bit more step-by-step -step that you can perhaps digest at a little bit more at your leisure. So the first step is really, it's going to be applicable to you whether or not you've got lower back pain because we want to build a little bit of foundational strength in our body. 
We're acknowledging that maybe we're not as strong as we should be and we're looking to get back in shape. We're looking to get fitter than we otherwise should be. And we know that running could be a useful tool to help our discs and we'll touch a bit more on that later and help build the strength in our back because it does offer something that maybe resistance training doesn't. But we want to do it in a sensible manner. So we start out doing some element of resistance training. It doesn't have to be crazy, but incorporating simple accessible movements like the squats, lunges, hip hinges, some core work because all of those muscular systems are going to be involved in the running and we better better really work on being able to do those static, simple movements well. Otherwise, what's gonna happen when we start doing you know, hundreds and thousands of steps, if even in a basic controlled environment, like doing a lunge at home or doing a squat in your living room, we can't quite hold things together. We don't have that competence there. So doing some element of resistance training to begin with is going to help you fine tune your squat movement, build strength in your legs, let's say, so that our knees are a little bit more short. Because the last thing we want is knee trouble as well. We're talking here about back pain, but the same thing goes for the knees. If we don't have good muscular strength, then our knees are gonna move all over the place and then we're gonna get problems with the knee. Runner's knee being a typical example, or just some general irritation of the knee joint, period. So those movements help the legs. Then we've got other core work and back work that's gonna help provide a bit of intention or a bit of, uh, sorry, integrity to that midsection as you're going for that run. It's gonna hold everything nice and tight and supported in that midsection so that the running action from our arms, generating a little bit of movement, can translate down through our spine and through our torso into the legs to help drive the legs. When we're running slowly, we tend to just plod along like a sack of potatoes. There's no force transference there. So, and, and we'll get onto this in the next step, but doing this training to build up the strength in the core and torso and trunk, as well as the leg work, means that we start to get an appreciation for activating these muscles and getting them working for us because they're there and also turning them on and getting a little bit of strength in there. And the real question there is, well, how far do I go with that? Well, a simple answer for those of our members is we typically tell them to get into sort of phase three, doing five sets of 10 reps of some of these exercises as part of a workout. And that takes around about half an hour. But really, you know, if you can't do five sets of maybe 10 lunges without your knees going all over the shop with good depth, then maybe you shouldn't be worrying about running or you should be focusing on something a little bit more static to begin with, build those foundations, and then we can get on to step number two. Step number two is about the running itself. And this bit is a perhaps a little bit, there's a little bit more to talk about here, but the first and foremost thing we want to establish is when you do a running activity, it is going to be the number of impacts that we're looking at here when we're thinking about our lower back health here. Yes, we've got our cardiovascular fitness, which is kind of the, the higher purpose of running, but when we're thinking about our lower back health, we're thinking about a number of impacts. So how can we scale this? How can we measure this and make it incremental? Because like we do with our resistance training, it's very, very good because we can do three sets of 10 reps of 10 kilos, let's just say, on this exercise. And we can know that four sets of 10 reps was too much. So let's do three sets of 10 reps and maybe a couple of extra reps or a couple of extra kilos or something like that to dial small increments of increase rather than as is the case so often with running I did 1k the first time then I did 2k if you jumped into any sort of strengthening based exercise and let's just say a bench press and I put on 60 kilos on the bar and then next time I thought you know what I'll just put 120 on I'm gonna end up in a lot of trouble and with running because it isn't quite that obvious we tend to just make those quite large jumps up and when we take it down we have a sets and reps approach to our running we can really be much more granular and make sure that we have success and we can gear against or guard against anything extreme falling into that category of too much stimulation to the point where we get an injury. 
So if we think about that sets and reps, one of the things I'd always heard was from some running coaches, maybe not all, and this might be open to contention and disagreement, but running at around about 10 kilometers and faster, 10 kilometers an hour and faster tends to foster reasonable running form. If we're running slower than that, perhaps we should just be doing a power walk and, and really running at that pace, we're gonna be engaging the muscles a little bit more to support. We're gonna be starting running with potentially better technique. So that's a good starting point, 10 kilometers an hour. And I will stress that this drill is easier to do on a treadmill where we've got known distances, known times, known speeds, and we can set everything and just crack on with the sets and reps. But it still works outside if you have a known distance, you can just do the timings and you know how fast you need to run in what time you need to cover what distance to make it work for you. And then we really wanna stick it 30 seconds, 60 seconds, or 90 seconds and we would run for that time frame that allotted time and then we would have the same time as rest so maybe we're just walking we're resting just moving around a little bit before we go again and that constitutes one set so we would be doing let's just say for example we're going to do a 60 second run at 10 kilometers an hour making sure we're keeping that pace and then when we finish the 60 seconds we just walk or move around for another 60 seconds and that's set one and we repeat it again for set two three four and a good place to start is going to be set is going to be doing five sets of that particular example. It might be with 30 second splits, it might be with 90 second splits, depending on your level of fitness. But what we're looking at here is we've got a set amount which is good for us. And it doesn't matter where you start, just start somewhere and then establish, okay, well, that's going to be a certain number of impacts. You don't need to calculate the impacts, but at least you've got a scale on it. So now we can look, okay, what about six sets? What about seven sets? What about doing 60 seconds instead of 30 or 90 seconds instead of 60 to just test these things and, and do something. You have to unfortunately be willing to do a set, try something and, and you try and be conservative and see if it works. And then from there, you can then adjust and course correct. But if we, if we are a little more on the conservative side, maybe just do five sets of 30 seconds on, 30 seconds off at 10 kilometers an hour, and then just see what happens. We talk about the treat principle a lot in the Back and Shape program, that's test something, rest, so rest the rest of the day, evaluate the next day, adjust if necessary, and then you can test again. So you can use that principle to test out your running. And remember that you might want to stick at that one intensity, so let's say five sets of 30 seconds on, 30 seconds off at 10 kilometers an hour. You might do that for a week and just assess how you find that intensity. Did it start to become a problem on day four? Were you okay the whole way through? And then we can start to up the intensities and look for, okay, how much can we push this to the point where we're actually getting a good cardio workout and it's not aggravating our back. And if we do make that step up one day and we find, oh, the next day when my back was a little bit sore, maybe it's because it was just a bit too much for you, you lost your form. Like often happens on some of those longer runs, you end up being able to still run, but your pace drops right down, you start plodding and you're just kind of grinding your way through it. And that's got no benefit to your lower back, although maybe it does have some benefits for your fitness if you're doing it in the right sort of manner. The nice thing about the shorter distances of the running is you're gonna feel your whole core when we're running a little bit faster your core's engaged your muscles are engaged you're driving with your arms your posture's up nice and tall and we're a little bit more focused and your form should generally be pretty good on the first couple of reps and maybe on the last five to ten seconds of the last one or two sets it might go a little bit but we never leave ourselves for minutes or even multiple minutes on end running with bad form just because we're on the ground we're out on the road and we can keep going so that's a very very important point and then the final sort of third part of this is about setting it up in a routine whether you're someone, or even if you are someone who doesn't have back pain, but you're a regular runner, you don't have any trouble, there are still pitfalls that you can fall into. And for those of you that are regular runners and that's kind of all you do, 20, you know, 20 30, 40K every single week, 
don't miss out on, on, on doing some element of resistance work because running, the big flaw with running is that you do not do full range of motion exercise under load. So you do not build strength and stability in a full range of motion at the level of the hips, knees, and ankles. And therefore you can leave yourself open to a bit of trouble. Because let's face it, the impact when, for you guys anyway, you long-standing runners, you will have really built up some good strength in and around those discs because of that slow increase in your intensity over many, many years, possibly even continuous from when you're a teenager doing this sort of sport. So you've built a good bit of strength in your back, but if you don't do any full range of motion resistance work, we can leave open to exploitation some of that weakness in our leg muscles and that is or leg muscles and joints because that is something that we just don't want to to leave out because over the long term it can be a problematic factor so try and fit in a little bit of the running as we've discussed maybe we're doing those sets and reps and we're doing let's just say we're doing six sets of, of 90 seconds. So that's going to take you about 20 minutes to do that full workout. And we're doing a full workout itself from a resistance training point of view, which might take about 30 minutes. We have a nice little mini workout that we're doing there, all encompassing. We've got our resistance work, we've got our cardio work, and then we're going to do a bit of lower body stretching afterwards to make sure we keep those muscles nice and supple. We could even relegate that lower body stretching to do a little bit later on in the day, maybe before bed, because it's a nice way to unwind and get our mind to settle down before we go to sleep. But that is really what amounts to about an hour, maybe a little bit over. Doing something like that three to five times a week allows you to incorporate running in a safe manner for the long term. Benefit from all of those myriad of benefits that the running has, as well as the resistance training, building and, and, and covering all of your bases. We've got some repetitive impact that's strengthening our discs very slowly over a period of time because they're very slow metabolic structures compared to muscles and other tissues. But we've also got the strengthening work that's building objective strength in our tissues. And we're working at full range of motion to keep those joints nice and healthy, the hips, knees, ankles, as we mentioned. And then we're doing some element of the stretching work. And we're doing that three to five times a week. And that's three to five hours, let's say maybe six hours max, in the course of 168 hours. Every single one of us, bar no one, has the time or can find the time to do that. Maybe some weeks you might only do three sets or three sessions because it's a little bit more busy, but you can always find time to do these things if you make it a priority. And if you make it a priority, you're gonna put your body in a much, much better position. So to wrap this all up and round it up nicely, and remember, if you've got any questions while you're watching this, maybe you're not sure about running, maybe you're one of our members, you've got any questions about how you can incorporate it, then post in the comments below whatever platform you're watching this on. But fundamentally, running does offer something that perhaps just resistance training doesn't. It offers us an ability to provide targeted and repetitive and measurable, perhaps, impact through our spine and through the joints of our lower body, which is going to, when it's at the right level and not done too much and too recklessly, going to help elicit a degree of adaptive change, which is going to bolster our strength for the long term. I've looked at studies where they've talked about long distance runners or, or more serious runners running 30, 40 miles a week, and the fact that you actually, when compared to the average population, you're seeing larger lower lumbar discs and more healthy lower lumbar discs and a decreased incidence of degenerative disc disease in those runners, which kind of flies in the face of repetitive wear and tear just happening because of old age and wear and tear. It doesn't quite work. So as long as we're doing these things and not creating injuries and we're steadily, very slowly building our intensity over many, many years, we really can make a good use of the certain characteristics that running offers. And we could also take, out, take that out and take that rationale further and say, okay, well, maybe you don't want to do running, but some element of skipping perhaps could offer a similar sort of value, let's say.
And then we've got our resistance training, which is building our strength in the tissues, tensile strength under load, and we're able to challenge those muscles and we're able to work through full ranges of motion, which we can't do in those other two exercises. So we have a nice, well-rounded approach to our general health and well-being. And that's really what this is all about. Yes, many of our members join us at the first outset because they have lower back pain, they've got sciatica, they've got a disc bulge, they've got this, that, the other diagnosis, and it's really limiting them. But what we really want to be able to do is help you guys be back in shape in the fullest sense. And some of these other cardiovascular activities can really have a place in our long-term approach if we so wish them to. So if you've got any questions, please do post them in the comments below. Hopefully this episode on running and back pain has been thought-provoking helpful and maybe you came to this thinking oh he's going to just bash running and say it's no good but actually it's it's been a little bit of a refreshing take on running knowing that there are some risks if we push it too hard but as long as we do it in a sensible manner and we approach it in a bit more of a, a, a strict manner especially if we've got that lower back issue at the start we can really utilize running as just another tool to help get our back in shape for the long term Thanks so much for watching us. And as always, if you know someone else that could benefit from listening to this podcast or some of the concepts that we talked about today, then please consider sharing it with us, with them. And remember, you can always subscribe to the channel to stay up to date with the latest podcasts, which come out every single weekend. Thanks for watching. See you in the next one.